Hey there, everyone. Thanks for joining today. You're listening to the Two Paths Podcast. This is episode six, talking about ashes. I'm your host, Craig Marcy. Just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to join in with me. Looking forward to getting some feedback on your thoughts when we're all done with this about finding the good in our ashes. Victor Frankl was a Austrian psychiatrist who survived the Holocaust. And he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning after he um, was released from the camp. He also um, ran some psychiatric wards and saved thousands of lives. Uh, he specialized on people with uh, mental disorders such as suicidal tendencies and depression. And so the book is a extremely moving book. Uh, I read it in the beginning of uh, 2020, and it spoke to me uh, quite a bit, not necessarily because I was dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts, but just the fact that he's so articulate and draws such an amazing picture of what it is that man is searching for in life and some ways to reframe our thoughts to have a positive spin and figure out how to uh, survive tough situations. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So in his book, uh, Viktor Frankl says, suffering ceases to be suffering when it finds purpose. Pain is real and suffering is real, but we know that it's only for a season. We've all experienced it, which means we all know that it doesn't have to last a lifetime. And notice I said it doesn't have to versus it doesn't. Some people will struggle with that and let that suffering last for a long time, but we don't have to let it last for a long time. We can hang on to the pain or we can turn it into something meaningful. We can turn that suffering into a purpose. There's a movie called The Magnificent Seven. It's actually an old Western movie, um, and it was redone uh, about five or six years ago. And it actually stars uh, some guys like Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke. And it, it's really fun. I, I love that episode of The Magnificent Seven with those guys in it. And especially toward the end of the movie, uh, there's a point where um, Denzel Washington's character and Ethan's Hawk, Ethan Hawke's character are talking. There, There's about to be a battle. These guys fought in war together, and Ethan Hawke's character still struggles with it. So Ethan's character, his name is Goodnight Robichaux, and Denzel's character is Sam Chisholm. So Goodnight Robichaux and Sam Chisholm are having a talk, and Goodnight is just saying... The war's still going on. The war's not over. And he has some personal demons that he is really battling. And Denzel's trying to calm him down and tells him the war is over. The war is over. And and uh, Goodnight just doesn't believe him and he's still struggling with it. And so Sam tells him this one line that has just stuck with me because there's so much truth to it. And I think we've all heard it probably in different forms. But what he says is this, says, what we lost in the fire, we will find in the ashes. Life is going to be painful at times. And we're going to suffer at times. 
but it doesn't have to last a lifetime. It can only be for a season if we allow that suffering to turn into a purpose. And when we do, we find the ashes that we long for the whole time. And what I like about this thought of what we lose in the fire, we find in the ashes. Now, I didn't live during the uh, gold rush when people were flocking out west and and, uh, panning for gold and things like that. But we've read the stories and and we've seen, uh, you know, episodes on the Discovery Channel and the History Channel about the amount of time and energy and effort it takes to mine for gold and to pan for gold. Um, but in all of that, here's what we do know about it. When somebody finds some gold in the ground, there has to be a process to refine it to actually get the gold. Because while it's buried into the ground, there's dirt and there's sediment and there's all these other things that are mixed in with that gold. And so part of the process of refining that gold is that uh, when you find it, you have to actually burn it off. You have to put it in a pan and whether they boil it or they just burn it in the pan, um, what they're doing is heating it up so much that all of the dirt and the sediment, the impurities come off so that all you're left with is that pure gold in the end. Now, if you put that into a perspective of our lives are often refined in the fires, it starts to to make more sense, doesn't it? There are going to be things that happen in life that, that need to be burnt off. Things that we need to shed and to get rid of. And sometimes the suffering and pain does just that. It, it removes things in our life that Maybe maybe things that hold us back and we don't realize those are the things holding us back. Or maybe the, the fire of pain and suffering reveals things to us that we didn't know. Maybe that we're stronger than we actually give ourselves credit for. Or maybe we find answers that we've been looking for for a long time and we didn't know how to find them. And in the ashes, right there are the answers. It's pretty interesting when we think about being refined in the fire. Because the other piece to that is being refined is that the gold and then our lives in that comparison come out more pure. The things that bring us no value are removed so that we are more pure. If you take that a step further, I think that also means that we're revealed more. And what I mean is that as those impurities come off and we see more of a pure version of ourself, we start to see who we really are. We start to see and understand what we were created to be and what we were created to do and who we are. We're not, we're not trying to meet everybody else's expectations anymore. We're realizing that through that pain and suffering, there was a reason 
Now we know what that purpose is. And now we can be more real with ourselves, which will ultimately it's going to impact those around us. So the struggle really, in my mind, is this. How do we turn our suffering into purpose? Well, I can't really say, hey, it's pretty easy. Here, just do this and this and this, and everything will be fine. Because it's not always simple, and it doesn't always happen real quick. In part because everyone processes pain differently. Pain that I've gone through in life, I've learned, doesn't always necessarily go away. It just kind of changes. It becomes different. And I think, as I reflect on that, that that's more of the the refining fire, constantly refining me and my perspective and my attitude and my thought process. Pain and suffering could still be there but it doesn't hurt like it once did. And maybe it doesn't hurt now because that suffering has turned into meaning. And so in that meaning and that purpose, it's become something, something different. It's transformed. It's mutated in a sense from pain and suffering into purpose. But everybody deals with pain and suffering differently. Now, what I will say, and and dare even guarantee, is that if you want to find in the ashes what was lost in the fire, then you truly will find purpose. But you have to want to find it. Nobody can make you do it. Nobody can make you find it. And therein lies part of the challenge. Because when we're hurting, it's easy to stay in that phase of hurting. It's easy to point fingers and point blame and give all kinds of excuses of why we want to stay in that pain and that suffering. And as long as you stay there with no desire to get out, you're not going to find the beauty in the ashes. At some point, you have to say, all right, enough is enough with this phase. It's time to move on. What's the purpose of the suffering that I went through? There's always going to be some value to it, a positive value at that. But we have to see that and we have to want that. It's kind of interesting. I came across a a quote the other day that I wrote down a long time ago. And it was from Shakespeare's play Hamlet. And Hamlet um, says in that play, he's talking about things in life, whether things are good or bad or indifferent or what's going on. And he says something along the lines of, there is no good or bad in life. It's the thinking that makes it so. And I'm sure that'll be a topic another day because that one's, to me, kind of a a heavy one. And I think it would be worth exploring. Again, let me me say, 
Hamlet says, nothing is good or bad. Thinking makes it so. And so in essence, it's how we interpret it. Life is life. There is no good or bad. It's only our interpretation. And so pretty interesting concept. Um, and probably at some point we'll dig into that together. And I'd love to hear what you think about it. But if we took that perspective and we said, this is just life, the refining fire is making things better because I believe it is making things better. And Paul Martinelli teaches that belief drives behavior. When I believe that that fire has refined me and there's beauty in the ashes, then our behavior will change. It'll mutate as well. We will want to find that positive and we will want to make something good out of it. So what I want to do is just give you three suggestions on things that I've learned on how to deal with suffering in life. I think there are more to it, but I think these three are basic ones uh, that I've learned to help cope with pain and suffering in life that have um, helped me try to see with a different lens and find the meaning and the purpose within the suffering. So the first suggestion is this, know yourself. As long as it's healthy, process the pain and suffering in your way. And what I mean by that, if it, as long as it's healthy, is that it doesn't involve hurting yourself or someone else. So I'll, I'll share with you, for me, I'm a slow thinker and a deep processor. So when something crazy happens to me, I need to get alone and process it in my mind and figure it out to the best of my ability before I start talking about it with somebody else. For me personally, I, I have to, I have to have somewhat of a grasp, even if it's if it's bizarre and crazy, and and I can only get one finger on it. For me, in my mind, I have to at least get a finger on it, maybe not grasp it completely, but get a finger on it, just so I can try to process it some. And once I get that tiny step, then I can figure out, you know, what direction. I'm going or where it's going, and then I can talk to somebody about that. I just, for me, I need to collect my thoughts and sometimes not even just collect my thoughts, it's clear my head of everything that's going on so that it's empty enough that I can focus on whatever that pain and suffering is without the distractions. There have been sometimes, and maybe this will work for you, sometimes it involves journaling. If I can journal my thoughts, to clear my mind. And I think sometimes when I put that pen to paper and I start seeing those thoughts with my eyes, I hear them in my mind, the processing, I see it on paper. It comes out a little bit different than in my mind, or it just strikes different. And that helps me to process. So maybe you're a person that, that wants to journal that. Maybe you need to spend time reading or praying, maybe exercise, or just sitting in a quiet room all alone. So those are my examples because those are all things that I do, not necessarily in that order. Mine would be sitting in a quiet room first, <laughs> getting alone, <laughs> and then um, usually journaling, praying while I'm alone, praying while I'm journaling. Um, and then for me, running, running is my 
my release and my relief mechanism. I enjoy running, um, but I've also over the years seen so much mental peace come from running because of what it does psychologically uh, within the brain anyway, and the the amount of hormones that it releases within the body. It's just a, a pretty amazing thing. Um, so for me, it's running and getting that out. Maybe for you, it's going boxing or or going for a long walk or or something. But exercise is proven to be a healthy release um, for our minds, not just our body. And so sometimes that's a healthy way to process it. But you have to know yourself. You have to know what works best for you. Uh, don't fit into somebody else's mold. Be who you are as you process it. But then that leads me into my my second suggestion, which is when you get to that point when you're ready and you need to get to that point at some stage, talk to a professional counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever it is. But you need to speak with somebody who you can get out all of the thoughts that are in your head, your struggles, uh, however you've processed it, good or bad but process it in a healthy way with somebody who has studied the brain and communication and knows how to help you process that. It frustrates me that there's such a negative stigmatism on going to a counselor or a psychologist um, or a psychiatrist, any of that. To me, that's the sign of somebody who, who knows themselves and is strong because they're willing to say, Hey, I want, I want somebody to help me walk through this because I want to get healthy and I want to come out on the other side and find the beauty in the ashes. So if you have a negative perspective of professional counseling, I just want to encourage you, whatever that came from, wherever that stigmatism came from for you, that stereotype, get rid of it. Seeking professional help is a very good thing, and there is nothing wrong with it. It's a sign of strength, not weakness, because somebody is saying, I want to talk to a professional to help me process what's going on in my mind. Don't look at that as a negative thing. Know yourself, process it the way you need to, then talk to a professional counselor. Get the help that you need to help you process it in a healthy way so that you understand the next steps and how to get through the grieving process of the pain and the suffering and whatever it is that you're going through. And the third suggestion that I've learned is this, rather than searching for answers in the middle of the pain and suffering, find the answers at the end. You know that saying, it's hard to see the forest when you're standing close to the trees. That really is true, especially in life for when we're dealing with things, we're in the middle of it and things are confusing and our head is spinning and we're hurting and emotions are high. It's hard to understand exactly what's going on and why it's going on. And I honestly don't think many times we will see when we're in the middle of it. But once we're done, when we've made it through, then that reward is at the end and we can look back and say, now I get it. When I was going through that suffering, this one part, now that makes sense why this happened or why this person said this or whatever it is, it all starts to come together. And I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. So look for the answers in the end, not 
when you're in the middle of it. But like everything else, it's up to you. You have to choose. You have to decide, do I want to stay in this or do I want to find a way out? Is there meaning and is there purpose? Absolutely. Without a doubt, there always is. But you have to change your perspective and you have to want it. You have to want to grow. You have to want to find what it is that happened to you and how that's going to have a positive impact on you the rest of your life, which will have a ripple effect and impact all of those around you. You can do it. I believe in you. Listen, if I can find meaning and pain and suffering in life, some which was outside of my control and some which was stupidity on my part that I've caused, then you can find meaning and purpose in it as well. And I'm not a paid professional psychologist or anything, but if you need to talk to somebody, email me. I'll listen. Email me, craigmarcy at gmail.com. Tell me your story your pain and the suffering that you're going through. Or if you've been through that pain and suffering, tell me, tell me how it turned into purpose in your life and how you've used that to grow. Because here's the truth. You're not alone and people need to hear your story. Many times what we go through in life, not only does it help us, but it helps other people who are, who are about to go through the same thing you've already been through. And you can help them. You can guide them with it. Email me. Tell me your story. CraigMarcy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Legacy2719 is the URL, the, the page link. Um, but it's called Two Paths once you get there. Tell me about your suffering that has turned into purpose. I would love to connect with you and learn about what you've learned how you've grown and what it's meant to you because we all have a story to tell and our stories are what make the world go round. But when it comes to your suffering, let me remind you of this. You get to choose how long that suffering lasts. You get to choose what you do with that suffering. And so I want to challenge you to choose the path that will make all the difference.